Dom, I'm, I'm aware we're a week early, but what do you what do you do for Halloween? What's your plans? Well, it's Pietro's birthday, so uh, the plans are. <laughs> um, well, we don't really know what the plans are actually because we're not really sure what the social distancing regulations are going to be at, at that point. But um, there'll be some. Is it normally themed? Do you normally get? Does he because of the age? Of I hate dressing. I hate thing? dressing up. You know, I mean, it's it's a like his birthday is on Halloween, and in the states that was always easy because in the states it was like a huge. It's it's nearly bigger than it's bigger than Christmas, you know. I mean, it's mad. Like, um, and so, um, so it was always easy. So he's like, had many of his first Christmas, um, first Halloweens, like in full witches and costumes and pumpkins and like the whole. It's nine like the yards, whole right? the whole town comes out for his birthday. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> um, and the, uh, endless amounts of uh, of confectionery. So. Anyway, um, uh, at this point, I'm not quite sure what we're doing, except um, we have very specific uh, cake orders. You know, um, he wants a Victoria sponge with jam in it, but no cream. So he knows what he wants. He does. And so that's what he's going to get. So um, and uh, historically, as you know, like we have gone in for the American Halloween pretty heavy for the last number of years which kind of started when we used to live in the city and we brought that kind of tradition down here. And we've gone, as you, you've been around my joint last year, like we go, we go pretty big for it. Mm-hmm. And I was always at, not always, but I, so Halloween for me when I was a kid was very much, it was very much like the weeks before it were collecting for the bonfire, collecting tires, pallets, carpets, doors, going house to house. Oh, the, the absolute height, the the season for punch ups like that's when I had most of my punch ups as a as a young lad like and that was being on a receiving end because you'd have fights between rival estates and Halloween's like a, a pretty testosterone charged festival when you when you go in kind of towns where I grew up mm-hmm. I don't was it like that at all in Ballycastle no no. It wasn't, the other part of it wasn't like the, the bonfires of a whole other thing, really. Connotation, yeah. And you know, there's Guy um, Fox Day as well. So there's there's Guy Fox Day and Halloween were always sort of rolled in together because you'd be watching, you know, TV that came out of the UK. So it would be something like Blue Peter talking about Guy Fox Day, and you'd be like, what, Yeah, that's Guy Fox Day. Me. What is that? Yeah. And so no, so no, it, it never really. No, having said part that, of Halloween for us, there, there were things like uh, we did do. Um, the apple tart with the money in it. My mum would make an apple tart with money in it, wrapped up in foil. Well, and that, that's exactly what I brought up for today, right? That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing the traditional Irish outside of the the bonfires, the fights, and the fireworks. Right. I'm doing the traditional party, like th- that thing you're talking about. Your like, so what did your mum cook? An apple tart with coins in an it. An apple tart. You had a brack. Yeah, you had a barn brack. Yeah, yeah, and then um, did you duck for apples? That kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, and the the apples on the in the doorway on a piece of string. Right, right. Yeah. The bobbin for like a, a coin at the bottom of a basin. Well, we did that. We did bobbin for apples, right? So apples in the basin. So yeah, yeah. You know, and snotter filled water. Oh, just the, like the, the, the stomach churns at the thought of oh, it. it. Phenomenal. But how of, special was that? So like you, you had what eleven. 
siblings, right? Well, so your yeah, house would have been. But there was, you know, for that there would be four or five of us, maybe at, at the most, you know. Um, but it was it like I don't know. I remember as a not in your house, but I'm like it would just seem to be a thing. You go to your grandparents or you go to like your relations' house. It was a thing that you kind of did on on Halloween. You had no school the next day. Yeah, I don't know. But then the south, you didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That. It, like, I, I just. I do remember though. I, I do remember it fondly in that regard, like the the family stuff. But I don't remember it as being a big town thing. Like in America, literally, you walk down the, the main street would be closed off in in whatever neighborhood you're in, and the shops are all open, and there's these buckets of candy outside, and there's kids running about, uh, crazy, um, with like just stuffing their faces with stuff and adults too of course because it's america you know and the uh, big thing you know the the big thing when i was a teenager or even when you were younger than a teenager it's halloween was always based around cigarettes and drinking as well like it's such a it was such a frenzied time it was just because i think all age groups kind of tended to mix from the housing estates as well so you'd have like the slightly older boys because you're all collecting for the the bonfire together you're exposed to like the older lads which then would bring in the fights because you're then talking to like rival estates there was always talk about like who was gonna who was gonna try and sneak some drink on on, on the night of the bonfire then of course there was all the illegal fireworks mm-hmm. like it was like a war zone <laughs> uh i used to, uh, my dad used to, to drive me up to um what's it called um just across the like, jonesborough yeah, Jonesborough and there's like the market around there. Mm-hmm. I'd get some fireworks. I made the mistake of telling my kids this once, and uh, they always talk about me selling illegal fireworks <laughs> if, they, if they want to try and put me in my place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this year I just I think you know America is not a place I, I enjoy thinking about, and I kind of went, you know what, that uh, capital my capitalist approach to this holiday an irish holiday i'm gonna i'm just gonna reclaim it for me and my family this year and and try and bring it back to some something that i remember and and do it in that way and just have it as a celebration that way so today's guest so today's guest is owen okianavine who is a shannon singer from dublin and as is the way with this podcast from time to time um i just randomly came across a video of Owen singing somewhere something which I can't remember about eight months ago and I tried to get in touch with him and it he kept missing the emails and after about six months I'd completely given up and then I just out of the blue got an email back from him saying oh sorry I missed your messages so we managed to set this up and um, I'd be delighted and since since then I discovered obviously that he he is quite a mean flute player he plays a concertina and he probably plays other instruments that I don't know about um, he's a social activist for People Before Profit, which is a democratic socialist group based in, uh, well, it's an all-Ireland group, actually, although it started out in the city of Derry originally. And uh, yeah, he's an all-round great fella and uh, just a fascinating musician and a phenomenal singer and songwriter. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's today's guest and couldn't be more happy. Let's get into it. All right. Here is Owen O'Kenavine. Thank you. 
Welcome to the Blarney Pilgrims podcast. Uh, <laughs> good to be here anyway. Okay. Thanks for good to what be here. Those, uh, what were those tunes? So the yeah, they're just a couple of reels. The first one is the green bunch of rushes um, that I... Well, a lot of people play. My sister plays this uh, salog and um, yeah, kind of... Uh, been playing a good bit recently, one of my favourite tunes. And then the second one is the Merry Sisters of Fate, which is an... It's kind of one I learned years ago, but um, kind of stopped playing and recently <laughs> back into the groove of it again. So, yeah. What happens like when when you have a tune that um, that sort of slips away for a while and then comes back around? Do you, do you know what happens there? Like why it comes back? I suppose you're kind of um, you go through phases of playing through play, having kind of certain tunes that you play a lot um, and that you enjoy playing and then you probably gradually maybe you get sick of them or you maybe forget about them uh, usually it's like playing with other people that kind of prompts Aye. you know you, you kind of somebody else will play something that you haven't played in a while and uh, uh, yeah then it kind of comes back to you so um, I think that's kind of but yeah they kind of they sort of they, obviously there's like you know hundreds or thousands of tunes or whatever that you might be able to play but you wouldn't be able to think of them all uh, you know but they all kind of revolve in and out yeah the, you know the the brain you know and the the tune the revolving tune door in the brain <laughs> uh you can only hold a certain amount of them uh, <laughs> it's amazing how you just like you completely can lose a tune though like 100 percent have not a, an idea you like it happened to me this evening and i've only got on the fiddle maybe five tunes I'm, I'm learning the fiddle and i for i don't know 20 minutes i sat and i could not i knew the name of it was crookens cross and i couldn't for the life of me think of what it was and i was i was determined not to just look it up online 
but it's it's mad yeah. how they just well can just zip gone. So that happens a lot, yeah. And but then if you're, um, I suppose, if somebody else plays them, then they come back to you. That's what I find really. If it's like once somebody starts playing something, mm-hmm. um, unless you've kind of never, never learned it before. Or, or never learned it properly, I suppose. Uh, and somebody starts playing. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> where where does um um where does the music come from for you? Like you mentioned your sister there. Um, is it just you and your sister in your family, or? Uh no, well, there's two sisters, uh, Salog and Wernan. Uh, they're both musicians. Um, mm-hmm. Salog plays. There's a uh, well, they're both they're both great, really. Uh, Salog plays piano and fiddle and sings. Um. And we're in sings and plays cello and concertina as well. Um, and uh, yeah, both my parents are musicians as well. My dad's a piano singer, and then mum uh, is a uh, violinist, classical violinist. So we, we kind of had music growing up all the time. It was always kind of uh, you couldn't really if you wanted any piece, you wouldn't get it. But uh, there's plenty, plenty, plenty of music. Uh, and I think my parents sort of wanted us to maybe do other things to have a kind of a backup uh, for a while but I think we all ended up just playing music uh, anyway <laughs> so uh, or at least you know doing mostly music you know uh, right was was music something that you kind of you gravitated towards or was it all right sit down on today you're learning I think when we were young well when I was young um like before I was in my teens I kind of like it wasn't my favorite thing but I was happy enough to do it um you know, uh, doing what did you what did you start on? Uh, well, tin whistle and and singing. Um, I think I kind of liked it or whatever. I probably I preferred Harlan, but uh, and then when I kind of got into secondary school, then I was about thirteen. Um, you know, there'd be school. I was in College Down, so there's like huge amounts of musicians that kind of have gone through that school. So like most of the Bonnie Men and you know Keela and. Um, I think Liam O'Malley might have been there as well. Yeah, he was there. A uh, bunch of people, anyway. But um, yeah, uh, right. anyway, we we basically once I got into secondary school, then you 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 quickly found that musicians basically had an ap- amnesty. Uh, you, all you had to do was tell the teacher <laughs> it was classical, like music music practice, and then off you went. So um, yeah, so then I kind of and then I obviously made friends through you know through that as well. So then it kind of took over more or less when I was in my teens. So. So where is the, where is that school? I actually don't know. Uh, it's I in Salorgan. Oh, I haven't yeah. been in. Kosh Owen as the oh, boys' okay. school, and then Kosh East going is is the girls' school, and kind of the fifth and sixth. So it's they're two different schools, but you do kind of music and stuff together, and then fifth and sixth years are mixed for a lot of classes. So it's kind of like half a mixed school in a way. Is, is there a reason behind the um, the music there? Like, is is there is there someone that brings it? Um, I suppose that it's a philosophy. Gael school anyway, so there'd be kind of a lot of uh, two Gael school in the so there there'd be a lot of emphasis on kind of GAA and and Irish music and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there would have been um, teachers as well that would have pushed it. Like um, I remember Pontius Sipuero was was great uh, back in the day. Um, and uh, kind of later on, actually, Tom Doherty was teaching in the school as well um, from Danu. So, you know, it's got a lot of, a lot of kind of... Uh, yeah. But mostly, actually, you know, it was the kind of freedom to go. That's what the best thing about it was um, when I was there anyway, was um, we'd have we'd have a band, but like it wasn't being um, directed by any teachers or anything that we were just told, right, off you go, you're, you know, you've two, three hours put some music together, like, and you'd be working on... 
you know, we used to do this thing called Shiensa, like it's kind of a band competition or whatever. And you'd spend, you know, the like you'd spend months basically putting together like a decent piece of music or whatever, and uh, playing around with different things. But it was all kind of your own, you know. It wasn't whereas like with Cold is often like with the the groupie Joel and that kind of thing. It'd be the arrangement would be imposed on you, and you'd kind of and you know it was yeah. fun and all that kind of thing as well. But this was all about like what you stood together as a kind of collective of young, you know, musicians, like all of us kind of teenagers or whatever. And um, so I think that helped a lot with kind of musical development. It was actually being kind of urged to do it yourself, really, from that age, rather than being kind of given, being prescribed arrangements and that kind of thing that you'd have to then regurgitate, which, you know. I'm always interested in what it was. So if if um, traditional music was the main thing at school like, were you into were you into other stuff like that not like that a lot of younger people would be into like i don't know blurring oasis for me um, like we was that a kind of thing or was it just be a focus purely on the music not a, not not hugely to be honest i i was interested in different kinds of folk music and there'd be the odd kind of thing that i'd listen to or whatever to be honest more, like probably later on like it's more in my 20s that i've kind of got more interested in stuff outside of that sort of realm or whatever um but yeah i mean i like i'd i'd always listen to bits of everything you know um so whether it's kind of rock or jazz or you know uh, but like um but yeah the, the 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 traditional music would be kind of but yeah i think even when i was younger i, I didn't have that much interest in you know their music i'd listen to anything whatever but I'm I'm very intrigued by the idea of you, uh, you know, spending weeks and weeks and weeks working on arrangements of things. Like, what's the what's a what's the kind of thing you'd be doing? Can you give me an example of something that you that you worked on with a with a bunch of you? You know. Yeah, well, we we did the, the see the, there was this kind of um, you were supposed to put together like a twelve I think it was about twelve minutes ten or twelve minutes piece, piece of music, um, and you'd have a song and uh, and this would be based around a traditional. Uh, yeah so it'd be tunes with kind of arrangements and harmonies and all uh-huh. that sort of thing and you try and link it all in and you'd have a song um Jesus, as well and uh yeah, yeah no it was good like um it was a great way of kind of getting us and then like so that'd be the main thing we do and then around that we'd also kind of there'd be concerts during the year where you'd put together music for it as well and then like yeah and then just even then if you just felt like it you'd go off <laughs> playing tunes as well <laughs> like i mean it was i think they kind of cracked down a bit more after w- my year left um or i think maybe the year <laughs> after us um matthew acosta and terrell chambers uh from the bonnie man they were um they were the year ahead of us and i think um and myself and moss landman who's in the bonnie man as well we were in the same year and uh the four of us kind of took the piss a bit so i think you broke the school uh, in terms of, uh well we just didn't like we didn't go to very many classes uh at all um and i think after that they kind of started uh being a little bit so i unfortunately may have wrecked it for everybody else although i think they still got plenty of time. my sister was coming up after that and she she got plenty of time to play but maybe not as much freedom as we did yeah what what was your but look at us now look at us now <laughs> Wait, so did you have like um in your head then um so was your mom a professional violinist then she was yeah mm. so she um she played in various different orchestras uh, i think she played in, in at some point was playing in the rte orchestra and 
um, she was over in Germany and Italy for a while as well um, studying and that kind of thing so um, so you had an idea in your head of, of music being a career like a thing where you could make a living sort of uh, I didn't really care about that I don't think when I was that age uh, <laughs> I, I think I just wanted to play um, but uh, I think yeah my kind of I ended up studying languages then in, in college and then like psychology afterwards because I I think probably didn't want to well yeah I, I suppose I didn't want to depend on, on music then I ended up kind of just doing music then for a few for a good few years anyway like um yeah I've kind of jumped basically I've hopped around between various different things like mm. um yeah over, over the years like you know um so yeah I'm kind of lucky enough now I'm, I'm um working in um uh people before profit at the moment so that's kind of um i i've i took i i started working there like over a year like a year and a half ago now not predicting that a pandemic would right wipe out all the all the gigs but um you know because up until then i'd been full-time with music so um yeah i'm looking at a lot of people who are kind of struggling with that kind of thing now so so we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute or two but um do you fancy would you would you mind giving us a song yeah, I'll give you a song. Um, let me see. I'll try um, a song called Tana Pop Video Sign Oil. And it's one that um, it's going to be on an album myself and Ultimate O'Brien have recorded. It's uh, coming out in November. Um, I'm not, I don't have him beside me here today, so I'm just going to do a bit of concertina on it uh, while we're at it. Uh -huh. um, but it's an old, an old song, Pop, the Pop Video Sign Oil. It's about this. Um, well, Messiah uh, got seed in the loom. The, the the soldiers are going to they're, they're saying the land of the ships, which is England basically. So it's it's basically I think it's it's the nineteenth century. I'm not sure which of the wars or whatever, but they're um, you know the soldiers is is having to go and um, fight in the English army, um, and he's living behind his his beloved or whatever. So mm -hmm. uh, I'll give that a go. So thank you. Oh, 
amazing um so i wanted to ask you a bit about your dad you mentioned on the phone to me when we were talking earlier that he was is he from connemara originally yeah he's from on the road near um Karna in um in connemara yeah yeah right um and um where did he learn his singing from uh i think i mean where did he learn it? I mean, everyone around there just sings, yeah. you know. Um, like, well, his parents would sing. They wouldn't sing out, um, but they had songs, you know. They, um, 
I never heard my granddad sing now, but I did hear uh, my granny uh, sing. Well, my mom, they both passed away now, but uh, she passed away at 98 there uh, a few years back. But uh, um, yeah, anyway, he, he would have sang. Um, uh, I mean, the whole. Like, I think his pa- the, my grandparents would have sang anyway, and then everyone was just kind of singing around. But um, and even like, I know you know my a couple of my aunts would have songs as well even though they mightn't sing out in public and that kind of thing but uh, mm-hmm. yeah so he's kind of um probably the only one who would be really known as a as a as a singer like you know but i think you know around there just i mean everyone they, you know there's so many singers like you and it's every kind of half mile is a, what, is a great great singer what's, so. what's your dad's name uh pather uh, oh when you say everyone sings what what is that? What? What am I trying to? How am I trying to say? It? What does that look like? In what? In what format are they singing? Is it part? Is it in homes? Is it performances? What? What's? The, yeah. How? How does it? How does it? Well, I suppose it probably, it's probably changing now. But I suppose when Dad would have been grown up, uh, people would have gone visiting each other and, um, you know, singing songs in houses and that sort of thing. Um, and um, yeah, just a, a huge amount of you know, and you know it's people would kind of learn the songs off each other by ear and that kind of thing as well they just pick them up um uh probably a bit i mean it's different now but there's still plenty of people plenty of young people who are singing uh as well you know that are kind of coming up and uh they're um uh, learning from you know the singers in the area as well whether it's you know through lessons or you know just getting songs off them or that kind of thing so um and yeah, still strong like, like with your dad well like would he have learned it just via osmosis or would you have had like lessons yeah it'd be osmosis really yeah i, d- I yeah i don't i don't think he'd ever would have got any lessons yeah because i yeah. like like most people like you know it'd be just like now people kind of get lessons but back then i don't I, I, i've never heard of anyone getting any lessons in that yeah and that's why i ask because it's kind of like it feels natural now if you're going to set off to sing you'd you'd get some lessons get the basics get the, the principles down pat and then but it doesn't seem to be part of the that that end of the tradition yeah i mean I, I, they would have i presume would have talked about songs i don't know actually do you know like i mean I, maybe yeah. it's more community but yeah i mean it'd be mostly just kind of you're in a community of like singers and everyone is singing and you just kind of pick up the stuff you like and you pick you know and, you know i mean you'd often hear of it's funny like you'd hear uh <laughs> I remember a fella that I, you know, used to play with a few tunes with, and his his dad kind of emerged all of a sudden as a singer, and he was like, you know, he's always been singing out on the on the boat or singing at home, you know, but um, you know, and he was great, like, but uh, nobody knew he sang for years, and then all of a sudden he he, he you know, he uh, you know, in his forties he just started singing out, yeah. and, you know, uh, there's a bit of that as well. People probably. I reckon the old office job in the nine to five made it <laughs> made it a lot harder to uh, to just practice. It's a bit hard to you know work in a call center and practice <laughs> practice your singing. Where it's a bit different if you're out in the trolley. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, by all means, you could go and try it. Yeah. One, um, I mean, I I guess the thing that I have to ask here, the, normally Darren pretends to be the one who doesn't know that much about. Um, about music but like i i you know i'm pretty hazy on what shan nos is i have a I have a notion that it's 
it's it's a very old traditional style of singing i mean how would you characterize shannos what is it uh yeah well i suppose it's just it's like obviously songs in irish uh, unaccompanied i mean the old kind of way would be unaccompanied and you know in a particular it's obviously a particular style as well of singing but unaccompanied and you know the songs would be um well, you know, I mean, the people would have been kind of probably people writing less songs now. I don't really know many, uh, you know, but I go. I guess suppose if they're written now, they wouldn't be called channel songs or whatever. But, um, uh, you know, they'd be older. But, uh, but I mean, I, it's funny because I mean, channels means old style. But like, you know, my my granny, my granny would have just called them songs. You know, <laughs> they were just the music of the place. Like, you know, and you know, for dad as well. Like, I mean. I mean, I think now you end up coming to kind of you characterize it. People ask you what it is, and you kind of say channels or whatever. But yeah, it's like you know, they're just the songs that are from you know that area and that you know that kind of style or whatever uh, in Irish. But I I think um uh, uh I don't know. I was laughing trying to talk. Well, yeah, I was just wondering, like then, <laughs> just the way you mentioned that there, I wondered, you know, um, is the is the sort of designation of like Shandos something that comes from um, a point where, um, like you say, with your granny, it was just those were just the songs. But when they're compared to contemporary songs, then you need some way of saying these are the old. This is the old tradition. This is it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose that's it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know is that um, is that like a, a like yeah. a fairly recent term or do you know? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure, yeah, it's but it's fairly kind of ubiquitous now right. as a way of describing it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not a like it's not that it's it's not controversial. And it's not just uh, that it's not yeah. just that geographical region, right? It's no, it'd be um, you know obviously the, all the Gaeltachte regions yes. would have their own kind of songs and their own um, own different styles as well. You know, um, their own different styles of singing. You know, so I mean, yeah. Now I probably like that'd be my kind of. Uh, sort of foundation or whatever that's what i would have been singing growing up but i think um probably have some other influences kind of thrown into that mix now you know just from listening to other stuff outside of that um i would say well i'm not sure what yeah yeah do you know Um, when it comes to um competitions and and the flower down this is more kind of like pulling on what you what you're asking do Oh, maybe you're close enough to answer something like this, but do you know what they are generally lo- looking for when it comes to competition? When it comes to Shannos? Um, what they're looking yeah, for? Yeah, I've no idea. You I might mean, not have any idea. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, sorry. I mean, you kind of have... Uh, that's a difficult question to answer. I'm not a big fan of competitions, to be honest. Like, um... Because I do think that um, with like we would, you know, the, the the sort of well, even you mentioned the flag there, like it, you kind of end up. Um, what I found anyway was that uh, it sort of led to a kind of things becoming a bit uninteresting. You could kind of tell when people are, you know, it's there's very much kind of formatted in a way that it's very kind of straight and very you know there's. You, nobody takes risks and um, uh-huh. 
they, you know you can almost tell you know you can almost map out where the tune they're going to play the tune straight through once and then there's going to be a variation you can kind of hear you're just waiting for the variation to come and it's a variation that's been practiced for, yeah, yeah. for months and then the variation arrives and it's just you know and then but then for the singing like the main uh, competition would be the air i suppose and, and that's obviously massive um and there'd be brilliant singing in it you know there'd be brilliant sing- singers and brilliant singing in it um um but uh, yeah i suppose i just prefer a kind of a you know a kind of a celebration of of the songs and of the music without you know pitting people pitting it against one another you know and i think um i do think it does uh even though i do think it does um that it's not it doesn't really lead to the best thing you know uh, like uh, well uh, for a few various different reasons i think sometimes you hear people sing and they're great and uh you ask them to sing a song in the pub and you know like later on and they have only really four or five songs yeah, that they yeah. sing because they just do competitions but then the other side of it as well is um um yeah just people are just kind of they're not really free in it and they're not really you know and you're kind of going well like is it is it a good measure of a of a singer that they can sing well in a competition under under that kind of pressure or is it is, or is it actually much better to hear somebody relaxed when they can just kind of let let it go and let it be a bit free with it you know um it's my so, I, yeah. so i mean I, I would have done competitions before like you know when i was younger or whatever um um mostly like mostly the flat but uh, yeah when you're singing then you know is there is there a tension between the conventions that you were raised in and your own desire for self-expression or is it have you pretty much figured that out you just sing whatever you want um that's funny more recently i'm yeah that's a good question actually um more the last couple of years i feel for a year now um and i but i and i <laughs> um <laughs> wait, wait. like i know i'm sorry i just think you just remind me you're i, I noticed like you know um you know, my dad maybe asking me, "Why are you doing that?" or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, stylistically, like, and you know, I, you know, if certain whether there's a certain kind of vibrato or something like that, or you know, and I, it's because I, you know, and I, I kind of just had to, have to go like if it, I have to think about whether I want to do it or not, and if I want to do it, I do it. Um, you know, but then of course, like I mean, it, you would sing differently in different settings as well. I mean, if you if you want to just sing something straight in in, in the old style or whatever in a shallow style like I'd probably you know do that but I think I'm probably kind of interested in developing things I suppose it's not really developing things but I suppose you, yeah you kind of just kind of have your own way of singing I suppose and it becomes your 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 way and and um, it might not be completely in the old way either um, although to the outside kind of listeners I'd, I'd say it probably just sounds like that that it is you know straight channels or whatever when, um, so when you're talking about vibrato then as well you're talking about other um are you talking about other little quirks that only people who really know the singing would notice so so what are they like is, is it ornamentation or is it um i'm it's hard to kind of Yeah, things like that, I suppose. Um, but ornamentation, maybe not so much. I kind of, certainly, like the ornamentation would be more or less um, 
well you know everyone has their own way of doing that right, anyway right, you know right. they they kind of yeah so it, that's yeah so that would yeah i'm just i'm just uh, kind of, i'm really fascinated by yeah. like your own because and darren i'm sure you'd agree with this darren like this there's so much emotion um in your singing on uh, and it's it, it doesn't in the slightest feel like it's um anything other than authentically you right mm-hmm. it doesn't it feels um yeah <laughs> well i suppose yeah i mean um yeah, well, just for example, that version of Napoleon Cross I know is, is my own kind of. I've twisted the melody around a bit. Like it's not the, um, it's not the normal melody, um, and um, yeah, I, I, and I think, um, in fact, I know, <laughs> and it's you know, and, and obviously that uh, I know that you know some people would probably hear it and probably not like it or whatever they, they, they like the the original or the, the kind of the the normal kind of melody or whatever right. um but i think there's something in I, I there's just certain things i kind of like stressing in the sound of this i suppose that you know after that just kind of for me anyway that work in a song you know um or maybe and maybe for people it's just that they're not used to hearing that kind of thing but uh or to hearing that particular melody or whatever they they're they, maybe they like the um the ordinary melody. Um, How do you feel when you're singing? Uh, <laughs> that's a very personal question. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Yeah, it's for me. It's about it's um it's one of my favorite things to do. Like I, I walk around singing, and it's kind of um it's uh it's definitely kind of. Well, it depends why you're singing, obviously, but generally it kind of just calms you down and it kind of relaxes you. And it, uh, um, you know, uh-huh. that old cliche term, Zen. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, is it was that was that something that came along when you were pretty young? Because I, I I know you kind of laughing you said the Zen thing, but that's uh, I think there's absolute truth in it. Like there's a reason that's cliche, right? I think there's a real truth in it. But at what age does that start entering in onto the scene for you? Um, I don't know. Um, probably my teens. I think. Um, well, I probably would have like been saying a bit, you know. Um. Uh, it's funny actually you just remind me now this is me now but this is my sister but my 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 mom used to bring her to school on the on a bike um and she you know these little you have the little kid seat on the front of it or whatever so she'd uh when she was what two or three years of age or something she used to sing all the way but (laughs) (laughs) but uh no I, i guess the um probably my teens like i do remember like doing my leave insert and like singing a song before every single exam really like everyone else would be um everyone else would be like kind of stressing and trying to look over notes and that kind of thing and i just go off into some other corridor and sing a song and then go into the exam um so i do remember that like but uh probably so obviously that was part of it back then anyway but i have to say that um thanks for explaining a few little things when you talked about competition and your approach to singing and the deviations away from maybe the traditional stuff like for me as someone that's kind of fairly new to the music i i sometimes i struggle with some of the the way people talk around around the tradition around the instrumental stuff and it's funny every time i talk to a singer they actually enlighten me more about the instrumental stuff than someone who's actually talking about playing let's say straight banjo or fiddle 
Um, they, they, say that again. They, they, they do. Well, if they're telling, they like, let's say I'm, I'm, I was asking someone, a banjo player who was competing in in competitions, or I was asking someone about the nya. I always, I've found out this is maybe my third or fourth time when I've spoke to a singer like yourself, and they've spoke to me about their approach to music. It answers for me more questions about the instrumental side of things than it does anything like I, I, more so than just an instrument player telling me about their instrument and their process what yeah. i mean to, like what i'm saying well so i'm going to start that again what i'm saying is like when you're expressed about competition and a little bit around how maybe possibly because it's a competition style it might leave the songs a little bit um I don't know whatever the word is dry or whatever how we kind of say whatever it is I've heard similar things by instrument players right and I kind of never really understood it until you you said it and as soon as you put it in in, in the, the context of singing it makes sense and I think so much of what you just said because it's in the context of singing it yeah. makes so much sense for instrumental music well I think like do you like is there a crossover our, between our, our, I think our, Sorry, Anna, beg your pardon. Yeah, me. well, I mean, sorry, yeah, I mean, some of the some of what I was referring to there was was tune competitions, but then obviously, I think yeah, with the kind of variations and that sort of thing, but uh, but then yeah, the singing, I think it's similar, the similar kind of dynamics, but I think I think, you know, like art generally is about, you know, uh, it's an expression of yourself, and it's an expression of you know your relation to the world around you and um sometimes it's an escape and sometimes it's you know but it's something uh deep and i think that once you put that into a competition setting i th- i would uh, it's you know it's very difficult then to for to like forget that you're in a competition and that you're art is now being pitted against other people's art um and to then just focus on your own art like you automatically people automatically just start thinking about technique and they start thinking about just getting the words out and they start thinking about not getting mistakes and getting their variation in and oh there's that little twiddle that i might do in this verse or whatever um and it automatically you know it's almost you know because it's it becomes a kind of a sort of a formalistic sort of a maybe that's not the right word but it becomes um uh yeah it becomes an exercise in tech in expression in, in the expression of technique rather than art you know and, and obviously technique is important as in, in art but it's also it's not just about technique because you can have brilliant technique and be devoid of any kind of real depth or expression yeah. you know um, hey and when when you were mentioning this the zen of like how music takes you to a zen place is is your is your zen place from singing the same as it is from concertina or flute or your other instruments that you play is it the same place no uh, well um i i get it more from singing yeah but i i, I think when i'm playing i like i like i love playing as well um probably when i'm playing with other people you can kind of get to that sort of place as well because it's kind of a collaborative sort of a well that's different again but it's a it's a kind of another sort of it's a yeah i suppose a different way of uh but yeah it's sort of building something like that and building something particularly with the tunes can kind of be sort of 
hypnotic or whatever word you want to use um, that you can just kind of fall into that ah, like you'd be able to do it as, on your own as well but I, I, I'd probably playing with other people would be kind of yeah that'd be the buzz like you know um, but it's definitely different to singing for yeah. me um, do you think we yeah. could have a, another song or a tune your choice yeah um, let me see, see with how many um, oh yeah sorry you mentioned my granny earlier so I, I hope I remember this song because um, <laughs> it's one that uh, I got from her um, it's uh, well actually I didn't get it from her initially I got it from um, got it from dad but um, then uh, well he got it from her and then I actually when she was 94 I heard her um, singing it um, she sang it she did kind of fairly frail voice but she was fairly she was still um, she was still uh, able to hit all the notes and all that kind of thing so um, so it's a kind of a it's a love song it's called Medica and um, uh, it's a short little song but um, it's um, about uh, yeah I mean these uh, it's beautiful poetry in it um, but uh, they're they basically the, the, this kind of I, I suppose it's from perspective of one kind of lover or whatever you're talking about um, going to uh, America and trying to um, you know build some sort of a, uh, a life there together so um, I'll, I'll give this a go Da is Say, I'll 
you so much on dumb you there yep i'm just in a i'm just in a meditative state after that <laughs> so on myself and dom well, dom did you did you learn irish when you're in school well so i um, learned it up till um third year um but it it didn't take let's say put it that way uh, yeah, um, and I, I did it to six, and I actually I did foundation in the leaving cert because uh, I was struggling with math. So I said, you know, what, if I drop Irish to foundation, I can just breeze through. Which, in hindsight, maybe wasn't the best thing. But anyway, I got through and I got got done what needed to get done. How, how much of your um, how much of your um, I was I'm looking for the word your repertoire of uh, is in Irish and, and and would be in English. Um. When I was younger, I would have just, well, like it would have been 95% in Irish, but more, the last few years now, uh, increasingly kind of learning more songs in English and kind of, um, uh, yeah, writing one or two songs as well, like when I, when I, well, when I, when I can or when I can finish things. But um, yeah, it'd be still mostly, well, I don't know. Yeah, it'd probably be kind of coming on to 50-50 now. But, yeah, uh, really. But it's but still, I'd say I'd still probably know more songs in Irish. Yeah, uh, was was if Dad? I, if I went and counted them, like, yeah. Was Dad singing mostly in Irish? He would have been. Uh, sorry. Was your dad singing mostly in Irish? Yeah, yeah, he'd be. Yeah, yeah. And like, was there ever any kind of? Well, he'd sing. Resistance? Sorry, he'd sing a few songs in English. Like he'd sing. Yeah, he'd 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 have some songs in English, but mostly, yeah, mostly Irish. Yeah. Yeah. The English Sorry, songs were, were the English were the English songs just there wasn't as many around or the ones that are coming out or you're finding at the moment were just were just more obscure like was it really just that the areas that the singing was popular was also Celtic areas is that why there were so many in in the language Yeah there would be just kind of they'd be mostly they'd sing in Irish and then there'd be kind of some songs in English kind of floating around um as well um yeah, did they have any know, stigma I mean, attached? Yeah, like would you have uh, known? No, no. People would uh, with the songs in English. No, people. Yeah. Um, I think people would probably they um, uh, would sing mostly in Irish. But when somebody would sing in, in English, like that, uh, they'd definitely get a hearing, you know. And there were some songs that people would really enjoy as well. Like, um, yeah. So it's it's the people, thing. Like when I when I look back and and I regret my decisions of not paying attention it's really just because i don't there's a whole swathe of music that i love and i, I love the singing but i just but I, i'm missing half the story like i get the emotions there but because you're not getting the the lyrical content it's just it, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll if i get a time machine i'll go back and kick my past self up the arse dom you're probably the same right you do like if i'm someone that's kind of yeah i um, lost the language i i I you know um so on like I grew up in the north in County Antrim, and so um so the, there was apart from the Irish class in school there was no exposure to spoken Irish right um and so um it's 
it, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious for you, right? So you have, do you speak anything else apart from Irish and English? Yeah, I speak, uh, I speak um, Spanish and French as well. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. So for for Irish as your for Irish as your sort of home tongue, I mean, does it does it have a different role for you than than English, like in your heart? Do you know what I mean? Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um. Well, it's a, it's a difficult question. I, I mean, it's what I speak to my family. You know, it's the kind of the home language or whatever. Um, I'd, I'd use English more now, um, but um, yeah. Do, do they feel I mean, different to you? Like, do, does is it like playing um, a flute and playing a saxophone? <laughs> or? Um, yeah. Well, like it's supposed to be. I suppose when I was in college, I studied through English, so I, I reckon my kind of um, vocabulary and all that kind of thing would be probably broader in English now. Do you know? But then there'd be. And then, but if I was kind of to speak Irish now, um, just for, which doesn't happen very often, but for, you know, like a lengthy period of time without speaking any English, then it would kind of, uh, the balance would kind of shift a bit as well. Um, but do they, do I think, I, I, it's a kind of a difficult question. Uh, I, I know it is, and it's, it's, it's a bit out of left field. I just... What's, what's, What's going on in my my brain when I was? What about this one? This is kind of. I'm not sure. Is the question? I mean, well, I can't. I can't uh, form a coherent thought in English. That's the only language. For me, it's usually you know that cartoon of the the monkey with the symbols in the brain. You know, it's it's not in either language. That's you're trying to. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, ubiquitous. So, but what about um? What about if you're if you're sitting down to write? Do you do you write? Like if you're writing a, a song, would it, would you normally write in Irish or or English? Um, I I try and, I kind of went through a phase of writing poetry in English, and um, then more recently songs. And now I'm also trying to write some songs in Irish. I haven't written a whole pile to be honest now, but um, I'm trying to do both. Uh, I um. Yeah, and there's stuff, there's stuff that I kind of I have a an eye on writing in each language. Uh, to be honest, it's finding the time is, is um, like I I have to basically put aside time in the week to try and write, um, and then it's kind of like if if something comes out of that time, then good, and if it yeah. doesn't, then I I have to leave it till the next time. <laughs> next would week, the language you know, but, uh, would the language yeah. serve a different purpose for you? Um, you know, you know what I'm trying to get at. Like, if if you were to write a happy song, sad song, a political song, versus it, like, would one language uh, draw you as a? Well, I suppose if you're writing, it's in a way writing. No, I mean, I think. Um, well, I, that's something I haven't thought. I'd have to kind of really think about, uh, and to be honest, I'd have to kind of look at the songs that I'm writing in each, and kind of see if there's any. Which I haven't done really. It's just kind of like I've gone right. That's something I want to write, and I want to write it in Irish. Um, and then that's something that I want to write in English. Uh, so you wrote the song. Like, um, yeah. That that is your song, "The Deepest Breath." That uh, yes, yeah. On um, uh, that is just like that is incredible. Like 
when I saw that, I was completely floored. So as Dominus mentioned at the very top, like he saw the video of you and then you guys have been in contact and then when Dom sent me your name and I Googled it a couple of weeks ago and I saw that video just, and it's a beautiful video, but the song itself too is just incredible. Fair play, mate. And and on top of that, then I think that the cello and the concertina together are a, just a class mix. I don't like. I was trying to think where else have I heard that before, and I don't think I have. I'm sure it's been done, obviously, but I had not not to my ears. So just brilliant. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my sister plays the cello. Um, Is that your sister? Then, yeah. But- no, that's not my sister. Okay. Actually, that's Caitlin Cullen of our house, and then Ian Kinsley was on the guitar, and that. So we, the three of us, have been kind of knocking around some stuff. They they do, their own kind of duet, and then, uh, but more recently we've been kind of just knocking some stuff around as well. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, the cello is is, is great, like, um, and uh, yeah, it's good good fun. To, so to do that. we're probably going to try and put more stuff together if we can. Oh, great. Yeah. You, you, but you said uh, I think before we got rolling that you actually you've, you're in the process of recording or you've just recorded with something coming soon. What what's that? Oh yeah, so that's um yeah. Well, actually, it was it's it was recorded a year like a year ago. Well, I mean, kind of um, myself and Ulton O'Brien. So Ulton play he's plays in Skipper's Alley uh, with me as well, and um, he also recorded on Entanga, um with myself and was uh, we did this thing about five or six years ago well we've kind of sporadically come together and done it again but it's uh, Gaelic it's Gaelic songs in Irish and uh, Manx and Scottish Gaelic uh, with Marianne Kennedy and Ruth Kagan um, but anyway sorry long, I'm kind of I want to come back to that yep. long story long story short um, yeah the two of us we've uh, we were kind of working on stuff so it was recorded all last year um, probably finished it in uh, like October or November of 2019 and was just kind of uh, we were just kind of a bit slow getting the other stuff moving then the pandemic happened. so basically it's been sitting there sitting there and we've kind of just got moving now on it uh to get it out um we're going to launch it in november we're doing a digi- digital launch uh, in november uh um, the you, 5th of november i think is when we're putting it out so. you were saying to me it's a um it's a duet album can you just t- talk to me about through that yeah well so the whole idea was like um Alton is an amazing uh, viola and fiddle player and we were kind of just playing around with that idea of like there's that kind of you hear people like Neely Boyle uh, old fiddle player talking about how the, the fiddle is you know the closest thing to the human voice and um, we were sort of kind of well we, we we sort of accidentally started messing around with stuff um, and then we, we got the idea of just kind of doing an album of um like it's mostly songs with a bit of some lilting as well um but rather than it being um you know viola or fiddle accompaniment to the song it's very much like the two of them kind of bouncing off each other and we're trying to um try an actual duet like that it's you know that they're both have equal importance you know um was that you know, cuz i say to, to people because that sounds was that difficult to to approach conceptually because it like I get it but I would imagine that's a lot of lot of work once you really get into the kind of the nitty-gritty of it um it sort of just came together um what actually happened was we we were um we were meant to be doing so we ended up uh, accidentally doing something like a couple of years ago on the BBC I think we were playing with a different band and then uh, but um and then we needed some extra materials we were just like oh we'll just throw something together two of us 
um and um it kind of worked really well like um so sometimes it's unison and sometimes it's kind of bits of like there's a bit of canon and then sometimes Ulton does these kind of and yeah I mean in fairness some of it is a com- what you probably call a compliment on the, on the, on the fiddle but there's a lot of it where it's like you know um just to kind of wind in and out of each other yeah um, yeah I look forward to that so November hopefully is that right yeah it's the 5th we're doing a digital launch we're going to release a, a single I think on the 29th of October I hope I made the dates right but I think there's a, a video and a single coming out on 29th of October and then this the, f- the week after then ah perfect uh, make sure you sh- shoot yeah. us a um, if we if we don't call, yeah, uh, chase you for it shoot us a link and we'll make sure it gets out and, and people get to see it and yeah, I'll yeah. make sure all the information's in the show notes so if anyone listening to this underneath in, in the show notes there'll be links to click on to, to go through and yeah. buy the album and stuff like that so and I I've got one more thing I want to ask you about but um do you think we could have another uh, another song or tune? Uh yeah, uh, let me see. What are we doing? Um Yeah, sure I'll do. I haven't done anything on the flute, so I might just do something on the flute and then yeah, do a song to finish. Um Great. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'll just try um uh I'll try Jake Mon the Mon and Jake sure. I'll try that. One. Brilliant, Don. Thank you. 
what was that one again? Uh, that's the the Monaghan jig. The Monaghan uh, jig. So it's, yeah. Where, where did yeah, you I heard it from? First time I heard it was um, in a session with um, Gregory Daly, and I, I think I was quite young because I. Um, um, he, Gregory Daly's a great flute player from Leitrim, but uh, I just remember not being able to keep up at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I must have been, oh, I don't know. It's amazing cascading uh, yeah, runs in there. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's yeah, it's a great tune. Like you know, it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but so yeah, I heard. Yeah, sorry, go on. I probably play it fairly differently to to Gregory Daly now because um, um. You know, that's years ago I heard it. But I mean, a lot of people, like I've heard different versions of it over the years. So it's probably like an amalgamation of different twists and turns that I've heard, you know, mm-hmm. and a few more thrown in. So so, so you mentioned earlier on that um, you've been working with people for profit, people before profit for the last year and a half, which is, um, and I, I was wondering, so that's a, just for the benefit of people who don't know, that's a, a Irish political party, and you're a, a socialist party. Would that be right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been a member for Jesus. Uh, been a member for about five years now. But uh, right. so I was kind of doing a lot of activism with them, and then they needed, uh, yeah. So uh, then they needed an organizer. So I kind of uh, took that on, um, and uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, this might seem like a like an odd question, but I, I I kind of wonder about going back to that idea of music having a space, music and singing um, giving you a space where you can <laughs> where you can be zen. And then I think about activism, and I think about the anguish that comes with um, activism and being really actively engaged with issues of political injustice and so on. Um, do those two go together? Am I <laughs> am I forcing something together that doesn't belong together, or do yeah, you know what I'm getting? No, at? I, yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Well, look. To be honest, I, I think um, for me, being kind of politically engaged and politically involved is um, a, like to be honest. I think it's the best um, uh, barrier against. Uh, despair and helplessness to be honest is actually being involved in a kind of a, a collective project where we're trying to uh you know and not just in people for profit but with you know there's lots of different other groups that we kind of we work with or, or that you know that i'd be involved in you know um uh, that are trying to push for kind of social change you know um so and i i think i, I probably it's probably since i've become politically involved and engaged that i i i feel a lot kind of more Secure myself anyway, but I, I, you know, because I, I think you, you kind of look, you can be looking at what's going on around you, and um, uh, it can be very, um, uh, it can be very, yeah, distressing, and um, you know, you, you feel like you can't really do anything about it. But then once you actually, once you get involved in something and, and actually start actually working on stuff, and you know, you you start to see, you know, you see the possibility of changing things you know so i think that's big for me but i do i know what you mean because uh, as well because it does kind of get it can get kind of overwhelming as well and the the music is a great um uh the music is a great way of like well on the one hand escaping from not quite yeah we're moving from, yeah escaping from it for a bit but also it kind of um it feeds into the music as well so you can kind of let a lot of the let a lot of it out and sort of give a bit of a 
an expression to what what's going on a bit and, and trying yeah do, do you know why you were initially drawn to people before profit rather than like one of the larger political parties in ireland or i mean what was the opinion? i am i was kind of just getting i was involved politically i was kind of doing various different things like um the anti-racist work and um um you know housing repeals um all these different things and um people for half a word the ones who were actually uh, you know on the ground at all of them and i just see them kind of work you know actually you know actively back in all these different campaigns and actually um you know and, and and i think and then so then i you kind of uh, later on you kind of learn why or what why that is i mean we, i suppose it's an approach based on um grassroots sort of uh, trying to build a sort of people power and 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 um from the bottom up rather than like you know obviously we run in you know uh, we run for seats in stormont and in um and in the doll and all that kind of thing but it's um with a view to kind of giving voice to the movements that are on the streets like the you know and the, the kind of the people that are uh fighting from the ground up um and to basically try and help kind of spur those along and build them you know whereas i think a different you know if you look at um well you know i think a lot of other parties are about getting people in to uh, the doll or into government and then they'll those tds will do it for you which um i think fundamentally isn't possible i think there's too many kind of too many various institutional bar- barriers uh, that prevent um you know a like i mean we have a political democracy in that we can elect our representatives but i i, I think we don't really have an economic democracy so once you actually get tds in um into the dollar for example um you you know you can't start making too many too many changes to to you know um you know fiscally and that kind of thing to bring in the kinds of pro- programs that um you know a lot of the left would want so i think in order to because there's various different pushbacks from those who have the power and the, you know um the, the kind of corporate sort of stuff so i think the the counter position to that is to try and build up um you know mass movements and people power and workers kind of struggles and that kind of thing so and that's very much where our focus is you know so um have uh, you always yeah. gravitated towards that kind of activism i mean even as a youngster like uh, no well i i kind of i suppose it's sort of it would have been sort of fairly left wing growing up but um um and then i suppose in my early 20s kind of like reading a lot and learning and stuff but without actually necessarily doing anything um and then eventually gradually it's well it's it's kind of a product of to be honest all the social movements you know i'm I'm not kind of unique in this i mean it's 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 um this it's a factor of the this the the way how much has happened in Ireland over the last you know five years or whatever that a lot of people have who might have been kind of lefty lean or whatever um have become involved in politics because these various different social movements like the um you know the water charges the um you know equal marriage um repeal uh you know and even the climate movement now as well um all of these things have kind of um drawn more people in to actually taking and taking action on, on, on stuff as well um, and to, to try and get try and get organized and try and you know that, that sort of thing so where does it where does it come from for you though on like where does it why, like, well, why, why do I, uh, yeah, yeah like yeah if, if, um, 
well uh, well uh, back you see fair you know inequality and injustice and all these kind of things and and you you've kind of um yeah but i also now i i don't think that i mean i think we're in a like now where why i'm you know i think fundamentally the system uh we're living other is going to destroy a huge amount of the uh planet and the, well first of all it's miserable for the vast majority of people <laughs> living here anyway who are um you know uh you know under being exploited but on top of that the planet is uh uh, the plan is on the way out if we don't actually do uh, something about it. I, I think as well, sorry, I suppose, sorry, what would have drawn me in a lot would have been, um, initially would have been around kind of um, mental health stuff and like... Um, what what kind of thing? Uh, you, was there something particular uh, that... Um, sorry, well, I guess it's a lot of things, isn't it? I, I, I mean... I think you know we're talking at the, it's it's interesting now um it's hard to chart a course between you know, how you kind of got political or whatever but I, i'd say if you look at if i look at it now um the um like people are talking about the you know this crisis of mental health because of covid and all this kind of stuff and it's um uh, which is you know obviously it's absolutely true that there's a lot of you know massive suffering because of the you know the effect of of, of covid um but it's very interesting now that you know it's uh, there's now a lot of economists and sort of business al- analysts who uh never really gave a shit about uh <laughs> about uh young people's mental health now uh before all of a sudden they're talking about the effect of uh, lockdowns on, on, on young people's mental health and their solution to it is to send the, to say I mean I, read, I was reading an article in the Irish Times there the other day and this guy's solution is to basically send people out send the young people out into low wage jobs in the service industry where they could pick up a virus that they could bring home to their families I mean so they don't really have so I think the um, and as well as that I would say that um, you know the kinds of particularly for my, my generation now like there's, the, the secu- there's this total lack of security um and people are working in, in you know the jobs themselves they have no control over they're very much kind of a lot of exploitative kind of uh, low-wage jobs and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah i just think we have to change that system you know um, right right and and yeah i think yeah sorry well i could i could babble on now for no 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 i was just time, i was just kind of curious about yeah. I, I was just curious about whether there was a like there was a moment for you where you kind of thought, "Oh, I've actually got a weird in here." Like, was there oh, right. something particular okay. that happened? Well, it's you? a process. I think a process. But the thing that, um, but to be honest, what I what the first, well, I probably would have gone to a few one or two protests. I think the first thing I went to was, um, uh, the uh, I was, uh, do you remember the Paris attacks back in twenty fourteen or fifteen? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and. Um, in response to the the attacks, um, the uh, f- uh, France then went and bombed the city of Raqqa in Syria, and I remember that they um, among they bombed a theater and a hospital, and um, you know, like, um, and this uh, and there was there was kind of a sort of a uh, movement against it and a protest against. It. I, I I kind of um. I think I went along to a couple of meetings. Uh, I just saw there there was actually it was Richard by Barrett was speaking in Trinity initially, and then 
yeah through that kind of we we sort of went along with that and then there's another one and we kind of organized a, an anti-war sort of a protest and obviously um the anti-war movement in, in ireland has not um well because of our because of our kind of relation to u.s imperialism or whatever we we don't um we don't directly send troops in so, you know by and yeah, obviously they come through shannon and all that sort of thing but there's not um not the same kind of um uh it's not as in your face or whatever, but that was you know we we got a you know we had a protest for that, and then from then on it kind of got involved in sort of um, anti-racist sort of activism um, right, okay. through U- United Against Racism, like we were kind of uh, agitating around direct provision and that kind of thing. Um, but then you kind of uh, then you sort of then get pulled into all these other struggles, and you start to see them as 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 kind of very much interrelated and part of the same part of the same system, part of the same thing. So when, um, so when I ask you about, uh, it's interesting then, like my sort of idea of uh, of your activism as being somehow separate from your music, it's it's not that at all. It's all part of the one thing. Right? Um, well, I would say, I mean, the, the, I've obviously been doing music a lot longer than I've been political, um, but... Uh, it's uh, it's definitely related. Well, it it feeds in and and vice versa. The music feeds into the activism and the other way around. Uh, but there is also a separation in a way. In some ways, there's a there, there are two there are two different things that all often come together and are often related. You know, I mean, there's a there is a musical part that I just do music. You know, that that's uh, you know, I I, I uh, <laughs> you know, well as in as in do you know what I mean that I kind of um. Yeah, and sometimes it's like you're completely removed from um, the political, like, um, uh, well, it just depends on, yeah, sorry, I'm kind of trying to explain. No, no, it's okay, it's a a complicated thing to try and explain, Um, but thank you. Uh, One thing, I know it's it's normally would end, but just one thing I did want to ask before we leave, and it's to do with something we were speaking about before, before the last tune you had mentioned that you were involved in a project which was looking at um, Gaelic language what what was that so that was um, a thing called Antanga um, and it was um, so myself Marianne Kennedy from Scotland and Ruth Kagan from the Isle of Man so we we all speak our own Gaelic you know Scottish Manx and Irish Gaelic and um, we put together um an album basically of um the yeah i mean it's all the song we kind of int- translated between the, the different versions of the languages and um we kind of yeah we so we were kind of just exploring the kind of relationship between them as well and and the um so yeah there's how an did album you three that, meet? Uh, how, how did like so how did that three oh come about like how did you meet each other um I, I met Ruth in uh, Lorient, um, this, it's a Celtic festival, and um, I got to know, yeah, and, and then I think she asked me to play on her album um, initially, uh, her solo album, which we recorded up in Watercolour Studios in Nardgaur, um, which is where Marianne lives and her, her um, husband, Nick Turner, he's a, a brilliant sound engineer. So I know Nick, uh, I've met Nick Turner. Oh, you know Nick Turner. Yeah, I, well, go. I mean, he wouldn't say he knows me, but I, yeah, I've met him. <laughs> bloody hell. If you Nick said watercolour studio, yeah. God, bloody hell. I've yeah. recorded something there. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's the most amazing place. Um, so that's the first time I went there. Um, 
and then from that we met Marianne and then kind of Ruth had the idea of pulling the whole thing together and then we brought Alton in as well to get some kind of uh, viola of Villadrone so we recorded that and we 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 uh, um, managed to get some funding for that as well and we, we kind of just uh, came together and recorded uh, practiced in watercolour and then recorded in watercolour and um, uh, oh, that's where myself and Alton did the, the album there to be honest like it's just the best kind of musical kind of experience right. so you're just yeah. in the middle of the mountains and uh, you know you, you, Nick is just the best sound engineer and like they're, like, um, they're just great people Um you can go out if you needed a break. You can go out and play with Raycut the dog, and uh, <laughs> you know it's like uh, just uh, it's just like a brilliant place to to be and, and to record. So anyway, we we did the we did the Antanga album there, and then we did we toured around. Then we did a tour of the islands in Scotland, and we we did a tour, went a bit in uh, Ireland and, and the Isle of Man as well. So is it a few and, different? Uh, so is it different different songs? Like on the album, so as you got three or four in each of the languages, or how does it how does it work? Well, we yeah, so well, there's some in each of the languages, and then there's also ones that we, um, for example, there's an Irish one that we Scottishized and Manxized, and so there's some of the some of the ver- like for you know some some of the verses lead into another language. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so yeah, it's a mixture of. Um, of using the the two, of using the three language languages and kind of um, uh, exploring them, kind of kind of almost like blending from one into the other um, in some of the songs and um, yeah, so it, it was a great thing to be involved in. To be honest, yeah, we've done one or two gigs since then. And it'd be great to great to get it up and running again. Um, uh, but uh, did you see there was a part two yeah. being recorded or have has been recorded? Uh, part part sorry. Did you say there's a part two? Uh, no, it would. Um, there's not a part two. I hope that at some point we can make a part two. We've uh, we've been kind of talking about it now on and off for a while, but um, uh, we just have to see. You know, it, people kind of get dragged by different things, you know, and it's it's difficult when you're different, all in different countries and that kind of thing. Um, but at some point, I hope that we can um, that we can try and put something else, something new together. And um, wait, you got a website for that? Yeah, it's uh, Antanga. Um, what is the website? Um, Antanga. Uh, I can I I can find it anyway. I can pop it into. The, I'll pop it in the show notes for anyone that wouldn't want to find out more about it. Anyhow. Yeah, well, Perfect. Owen, thank you so much. This uh, it's been brilliant to have a chance to chat with you. Thank you <laughs> so much yeah. for your time. No, you yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, do you fancy singing us out with something or? Yeah, th- thanks for having me. Uh, great, great chat. Great to. It's our uh, pleasure. Thanks, absolutely. Back all these ideas around, you know. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll do one more. Um, sure, I was. I may as well do the. I'll, I'll try a version of the deepest breath scene as we were talking about it. Um, oh, yeah, brilliant. Thank um, you. Look, like, just uh, before you before you go on, um, what's the, what's the background to that song? What's the background to the song? It's. Um, what is it? Well, it's a lot of things, really. Um, I read about a woman who, um, a woman called uh, Annie Connors, who um, died in emergency accommodation there last December uh, down the road from my house, and she'd been uh, homeless for kind of eleven years, and her um, uh, two kids were basically left in the accommodation overnight with her with her body and. Um, uh, I so that's kind of 
what sparked it, I suppose you kind of. Um, I think I was think, thinking about as well, like how. I think a lot of my generation as well. They're kind of you're given this kind of line about um, you can do anything if you set your mind to it, and you know you can be whatever you want to be. And I think, uh, um, I think that's a kind of a, um, something that's sold to 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 be to us, which just isn't kind of the 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 reality really. Any uh, you know, uh, if it ever was for most people, like it definitely isn't uh, now, and. Um, but at the same time, I think you kind of have to um, reclaim hope and dreams off, off, off the kind of, you know, off the people who have the power. And um, so it's kind of about that as well. It's about, um, uh, I was trying to, um, yeah, kind of having something to uh, keep you going and fight for, I suppose. Um, yeah. Hold the hand that once held yours Furrowed face now forever empty She was old before she lived her youth Hollowed out in a land of plenty did you dream last night, child? Did your dream stay with you? Oh, the city sucks the wild from your mind, so hold your dream before it hits you. And where are your dreams? They're all that fit you. We dig these graves now every day. Eternal homes denied a lifetime And the rich men wave our lives away Can't see a soul without a price tag Did you dream last night, child? Did your dream stay with you? Oh, this town can burn the bright of your mind So hold your dream before it hits you And where your dreams, they're all that fit you Sands are a glimpse of a flickering freedom And we're not yet spent and we've a world to win Had there be no king but it'll be our kingdom Did you dream last night child? Did you dream stay with you? Oh, this land can leech the light from your life, so hold your dream of 
far and hits you. And where your dreams, they're all that fit you. When you sing on a load, you've got songs of plenty. Oh, they'll try to tear the truth from your mouth. So sing on strong, make sure they felt it. Oh, sing on, for your souls are empty. Oh, sing on, sing on, your songs raise the highest hope of all. Dream on, dream on, our dreams are the deepest breath we draw. Sing on, sing on, in your sun place the highest hope of all. Dream on, dream on, our dreams are the deepest breath we draw. Sing on, sing on, in your sun place the highest hope of all. Dreams are the deepest breath we draw. Had dreams are the deepest breath we draw. That's the deepest breath by Owen Um and I couldn't urge you strongly enough to go along to the show notes after you finish listening to this and click on the link to the video for that song because it is phenomenal it's yeah i gotta give props to like obviously own delivers but props to um mods for the the for the video the videography and I, I looked into a little bit more his his work and his kind of he's got a really interesting um format for how he funds doing these great videos it seems to be almost crowdfunded um videos for for artists like own so just hats off to all involved it's incredible yeah it's brilliant um you'll find other links to uh, some of owen's music um at the usual places and as usual if you'd like to become a patron of this podcast you can go along to patreon.com forward slash blarney pilgrims and subscribe at whatever level suits you and there's a place there for all of you and you're very welcome so yeah huge um, thanks to, to the people that have gone over there and stay with us like just this thing is starting to pick up momentum and it's because of it's because of you patron saints you pack of bloody legends <laughs> so we're on episode 72 so think about that that's uh, you know 72 episodes of um personal deep emotional interviews with musicians and then there's the music as well so it's and there's phenomenal. no ads not <laughs> one <laughs> pair of underwear underpants were sold during this not one <sighs> toy car ad was i'm, I'm actually <laughs> most dis- most distressed because there's a lot of fancy underwear out there because i it, it comes around all the time on mate there, keep, uh, oh, there's a bit of a conspiracy i have underwear on, technology so i have been wearing those kind of underwear like they call them like the boxer briefs they come down kind of past mid thigh for years they're kind of like kind of like a lycra you look in anyway they're long longer than normal on the way and i've been wearing these jockeys for for years they have seemed to have disappeared from the regular market i can't find them 
anywhere and they only seem to be advertised on in podcasts and on ads on tv it i feel like there's a conspiracy against me <laughs> since i started harping on about not having ads in the middle of our podcast i'm like you know what if i can find a sponsor to jump in just to, so i can get my hands on some of those on these i think i'll uh, i'll go back on everything i said about not having advertising right 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 um yeah well it was quite quite funny that um when we shared digs at the national celtic festival in port arlington uh, we had a very um touching moment when we were both getting undressed in our respective bedrooms <laughs> both realized that we were wearing the same kind of underwear where are we really <laughs> calvin klein's yes calvin klein's which are the only expensive nah. underwear i've ever bought i've never had calvin klein's no I'm pretty sure I had a pair of Calvin Cleans when I was younger when my mum bought them up at the market. <laughs> uh-huh. Different um, time, as I said, at I, the top of the show. Great stuff. Um, great stuff. Uh, so thanks again, Owen and Canavine, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. And um, thank you, Calvin Klein. I'm Calvin <laughs> Klein. We'll see you yeah. next week. Catch up. Bye. Please give Dominic and Darren 25,885 stars. Thank you.